Hello, hello. Oh, yes, you can hear me. Cool. Um, I'm Alex from Us2. As uh, she just mentioned, I, I um, it's great to be back at Productized, by the way, and I love this. It makes me want to run up and down it. Like Productized, Descadorp. Anyway, um, so um, I'm just going to tell quite a, a big story in quite a short space of time. I'm going to tell it at London speed, so you're going to have to keep up. I've only got 15 minutes. Um, so we are um, a digital product studio. Um, if we're famous for anything at all, it's for this, which is Monument Valley, a mobile and tablet game. Um, it featured in um, House of Cards with Kevin Spacey, so that kind of gives me one one step removed, Kevin Spacey. You can shake my hand later. Um, and so, um, but that's only part of what we do. We also have a couple of startups of our own, um, and mainly we're a client services business, and that's the part I have to do with. Um, and this is the sort of space we play. We like to shape products and build them. Um, we sort of step out when it comes to the incremental part. We, we sort of, um, that's not so much of what we do. But more and more, um, part of what we do, because we are really committed to creating great products, we're also um, actually a bit more like transformers, transforming businesses as we go, because we have to, um, we realize that we have to do that to a degree in order to get to a great product. So um, with us, it's sometimes we feel like we're kind of like this cool speedboat zooming about, and. Um, and, uh, you know, waving at everybody, we're lean, we're agile, it's really um, wonderful, you all know about that stuff. But some of our clients are a little bit more in this space, a um, bit slow to move, a bit hard to get them to move away from the things they know and love. Um, and so we find ourselves kind of shouting from uh, the corner, so how do, we, how do we get them into a better place? Um, so that's something that we, we're learning as we go, how to do that. Um, so we're sort of moving into a space of product-centered business transformation a little bit. Um, I just made that up. No one at work says, knows I said that bit. So, um, so um, I'm going to tell you a story about one particular client and how we help get them to a better place. Uh, it's a huge loyalty scheme, um, 20 million customers in the UK, seven major partners, 500 affiliates. It's a really sort of big and complex business. Um, we had already been working with them for nine months on a product, so we'd helped them build that. We'd um, led their web team in mobile-first design. We had helped change the way the delivery team worked, and we'd actually helped them hire new people. So we'd already changed around the delivery team quite a bit, but what we realized was that the business itself kind of needed to catch up, and they, they were never going to create a truly great product if the rest of the business wasn't aligned around that. So. Um, we started on this consulting phase. So we asked ourselves, like, how can we actually help them um, get better inputs for the product teams? How do we give those teams more autonomy so they can make more decisions for themselves and make the right decisions for the product? And how do we actually get them to embed user-centered thinking and user-centered design into their business? Because they were very much driven by what the business and what the partners want and not by what the customer wants. And we know that's bad. Um, so we decided to help them by sort of creating a, a joined-up tool set that would work for them as a business. There are a million tools out there, as you know. We wanted to make sure that we brought them all together in a sort of a holistic space. Um, we wanted to get them working across teams, across disciplines, across channels, so that it, they could stop being so fragmented. Um, and we also wanted to make sure that it got integrated into the business so that it was going to stick. Um, so to start that off, what we did was we went right back to basics. We'd already been working with them for nine months, but we went, okay, 
let's go back to square one. Um, we weren't really able to do a vision up at the beginning for various reasons. That's another, that's a five hour talk. Um, but in this case, so we decided to go right back to the beginning and treat all of their digital channels in exactly the same way. So web, app, and email were the ways that they were communicating their service to their customers. Um, and we kind of thought, well, what, what, let's just think about what this is really about. Why are we here? What are we trying to achieve with this? And just really um, go back to square one. Um, and why should this even exist? If we're going to do an app, why, end, why are we doing an app? Do we really need an app? Um, even though we just built one, we obviously did need one because um, we wanted to get paid. Um, so, um, but why, why is this valuable for the customer? So the first thing we did, we went really back to basics um, and came up with some basic principles. You can see how simple they are, that it's simple, that it's user-focused, that it should surprise and delight if at all possible. We came up with goals for each of those channels. And we also made them focus on the purpose. Um, this was a way of sort of leading them to the realization that you shouldn't treat every channel the same, and you should be um, using each for what it's best at. So you'll see the top right quadrant up here is what's unique to mobile. We also looked at what, what email does best and what the website does best. So that's the first step. The second step was that we then went into creating a vision for each of those channels. We used the user story map tool. We actually use this for quite a lot of different things at us too. We use it for pitches. It's, quite a, it's a really great way of um, structuring your narrative if you're in a client service business, structuring the narrative for your pitch, how you're going to answer your client's um, problems. Um, so we did this, obviously, with post-its that start. The great thing about user story mapping is it's, um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with it, but it is user-centered. You cannot not be user-centered because it's written in the first person from the user's perspective. So that was our first step to getting all of these different teams in, um, in our client to actually think from first person. So an example of that is um, they wanted to collect more validated data from customers. You can't really say, as a user, I want to give you more validated data. So we, we thought, well, it meant that we had to reframe that, and we reframed it as, I want to express my preferences. So this was a, a big step forward already. Um, we also used, we, we tend to be a bit more sort of behavioral focused than personas, but we didn't want to disrupt them too much, and they'd already got to know their customers through the user personas. So we ran all those personas through the user story maps to make sure everybody's needs were answered. We then what we did was create a digital version of it. We did that because, um, but it was kind of meant to be semi-permanent. So we printed this at full size. So all of these um, are actual post-it size when, you, when, when we print it out. What that means is it's still editable, it's still updatable, but it sort of draws a line in the sand as a vision for that product. And we also came up with a color coding method whereby we showed what was already built in the product using um, what's here, purple, and then what was planned for the next three months. And that meant that any other team wandering by could actually see what was on the roadmap pretty instantly. Um, and we also had the future vision, so that's what's in gray. At this stage, we hadn't prioritized that. We just got to a vision for them and with them. And then the idea is that, the, or what's happening is that the, what they decide they're gonna build next goes into um, a weighted matrix, so that takes away the um, opinion from uh, the prioritization process. So you have to make sure that, like, if you really, really think a user should have something, you've got to prove 
that this feature should be in the product. And, and it means that through the weightings that we've got at the top there, the, the, the next most desirable feature theoretically floats to the top. Um, the third part of this was to bring them a holistic view of themselves. So they'd been around for 12 years already. They had these different channels, but they'd never actually looked at themselves as a whole and looked at what they created and looked at the service and where the products fit within that service. So um, what we did was uh, we wanted to bring them together as an organization. We wanted to get all those teams talking, get this large organization to actually understand what everybody else is doing in a, in a fairly easily understood um, fairly instant way, and avoid this sort of car crash that was happening at the product teams where, where all these requests were coming in from different places um, and, and was just not a good vibe, not a great working environment for those teams, for the delivery teams. So um, we uh, wanted to align also the whole business on the visions and goals, and we wanted to avoid duplication of, of, of different features. Um, so. Something we do when we start working with a client very, uh, very commonly is we sort of we co-create a, a service blueprint of the current state of that business to understand what we're walking into, to understand how that business works, to understand where this product is going to fit in the business, to make sure that we can recognize opportunities perhaps that they haven't seen themselves. So we went back to that and updated it with what we'd learned in the nine months since and how the business had changed. And we also brought in all these different teams internally to, to build this holistic picture of what the business actually was, the service that it was actually delivering to customers. Um, this is the size it ended up being. It was on the wall, six and a half meters long. It meant that people could wander along it, they could browse, they could jot things onto it. I ran sessions in front of it with all of these different teams. And, and we evolved into this sort of um, iteratively into this um, picture that took probably uh, it, it sporadically over a period of about two months. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with service blueprints. I won't go into those columns, um, but, but what we have is, is, is the journey of the customer through this service. The, the most important thing here is we, we highlighted service discovery because they told us that, that it's, it's um, really crucial for them to engage their customers early on or, they, or they're gone. So what we, we tried to highlight what are they doing to actually um, help customers discover that service early on. And then down the left is the usual sort of thing you get in a, um, a service blueprint to try to evoke or, or to capture rather what this service is, physical, digital, what it's taking to, um, for who else is involved, for instance, so with the third-party channels, what are other people doing to create this service as, as part of it, and also what does it take for the business to actually deliver it. So it, by the end, we joined these all together. So we brought the, so the user story maps were feeding the um, service blueprint with those features. The color coding I mentioned earlier, we brought that into the service blueprint as well. So it meant that anybody walking along this could see what already exists, could see what was planned for the next three months. So no matter what team you're in, it was all brought together in one place. And you could actually see that the value that that was bringing to the customers who were all along the top there. Um, we also highlighted things that they might want to remove or reduce. So that was things like um, call center volumes. It meant that our team could see that there was a lot of call center volumes around a particular thing, and perhaps there was something they could put into their channel that would help to reduce that. Um, 
And we also added the partner actions, so that was the things that um, the third parties, the seven brands I mentioned before that were partners in this loyalty scheme, the things that they were doing to actually um, create this as well, so we could actually see it all together. The most important thing about this was we wanted to make it stick. We wanted to embed it into the business so that um, it would actually have an impact. So we spent quite a lot of time talking to them about what good product ownership looks like. Um, our delivery uh, director, Colin Lyons, was, was doing that part of the work. And then um, we wanted to make sure there's clear ownership of every channel. We wanted to um, make sure everybody was clear what their responsibilities were. And we aligned it with an existing business cadence. So that means they were already updating their roadmap quarterly. So we decided, rather than create something new, let's that's when this service blueprint's going to be updated. That's when the vision's going to be updated. We will do it in this rhythm that you already have. Um, and because of the buy-in that we'd got with the involvement we'd had with lots of people, um, we had buy-in throughout the business right from the top. So that was, it already had this sort of momentum and energy, um, and people were astonished by the value, basically, of bringing together um, a whole picture in the service blueprint. So the way it worked was the roadmap fed uh, or influenced what, uh, so that was the business priorities fed into the vision and they readjusted the vision. What came out of there was prioritized into the, uh, the prioritization matrix we have there. That was then hi highlighted in the service blueprint. I've got the persona up there to just indicate that we're always, we always embed user testing in everything we're doing, so we're always referencing back. It's a feedback loop with the users, and then that feeds into the vision as well. Um, to make sure we're hitting the right buttons for the users. The outcome of this was that um, two months after our consulting phase, they restructured their entire business around their product teams. They realized that they had to be at the center of the business, so no marketing now answers to those product teams. Um, where are they now? Oh, look, I've, I've actually coming in under time. This is amazing. It's a miracle. So where are they up to now? Um, Going back to the boat metaphor, no, that's not where they are. That's my joke. This is more like where they are. <laughs> um, they're, they're much more, um, so they're in a smaller boat. They can, it's a bit more maneuverable. Uh, the staff are much closer to the customers. It's quite a good metaphor, isn't it? Um, and everybody's just really, well, within reason. It's a, it's a lot more functioning. Will this be, will they still be using this joined up tool set in a year's time, in two years' time? Only time will tell. Um, but for now, we have absolutely made a massive impact with them in helping them to focus all of their efforts around what the customer actually wants. And um, hopefully, some of you can take some of those elements of that if you're working in a large organization and, and help bring your organization together around your products and your customers as well. Thank you very much.